Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you remember how WWE told us The Rock vs. John Cena one year before Wrestle 29 was going to be once in a lifetime? Well, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but they were lying. It was actually twice in a lifetime, but Wrestling Karma did kind of kick their ass because, my word, The Rock got absolutely wrecked of round two. He basically destroyed his insides to the point he had to delay filming on Hercules, which cost the production studio millions. And coming into the match, John Cena not only had a broken thumb but he was suffering from food poisoning. This also shifted plans like crazy, because if you do believe the internet, The Rock was going to come out on the Raw after WrestleMania, cut a promo, get interrupted by Brock Lesnar, which would have set up Rock versus Brock for WrestleMania 30. And just to play some sliding doors, if that does go down, you probably don't get Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker, and maybe, just maybe... The Undertaker streak is still alive today. So that means all of that was The Rock's fault, so you should go and blame him. And also don't forget, when we got to that Raw, who cashed in their Money in the Bank briefcase to a crazy amount of noise? It was Dolph Ziggler. Around this time, Fandangoing was also born. But I don't want to talk about that, because if you were around during this period, you remember what WWE did with it. And it sucked. Either way, it is time to go back to the 7th of April 2013 and the MetLife Stadium in front of around 80,000 fans as we take the fist of retro power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits a down for WrestleMania 29. In somewhat topical news, given the recent WrestleMania, if you go out of your way to find out what the pre-show was on WrestleMania 29, you will see The Miz retain the Intercontinental Championships. That's right, even 10 years ago, the damn IC title couldn't get on a proper show. So no wonder that we have a problem these days. We were planting the seeds right here, and he's taken on Wade Barrett. And really, Wade Barrett probably should have won, but he does not. And because of all the words that just came out of my mouth, I'm giving it down. But then go into the main show proper, and our opening match is Sheamus the Big Show and Randy Orton, taking on The Shield. Now, never forget, The Shield was put together in order to create a bunch of new main eventers. And look what Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley have done. So you really have to clap your hands together here for WWE. They smashed it. It does beg the question why they haven't gone back to this format, though. Because when you go through the WWE, we barely have one group, let alone a dominant one, that is meant to breed future stars. And sometimes people on the internet are all like, well, why does everybody have to be in a stable? 
Imagine wrestling was real. Would you walk to the ring without having any friends watching your back? Of course you wouldn't. It would become like school. And you'd walk up to, I don't know, Derek. You'd be like, oh, Derek, can you be my buddy, please? And Derek would be like, ah, right, yeah, that sounds good. And then you'd hug and you'd kiss and everything would be fine. Otherwise, this is kind of pedestrian for the opener, to the point the fans, even though it's the first match on WrestleMania, basically sit on their hands. So what I decided to do, given that Seamus came out to his original theme music, which is the best one, is actually go through the lyrics and read them as in what they actually are, and not the way we all made them up on the internet. So, it's a shame that they lost their head, careless man who could wind up dead. You wear your sin like it's some kind of prize. Too many lies, too many lies. Whoa, these words are true and I'll make you believe Whoa. Yeah, fair enough. The fake ones are better. This isn't really much of anything, though. And of course, it's just done there to underline the fact that these new people that we're trying to build have the capability to beat three former world champions. So they do. There is one nut spot when Ronnie goes to do a dive and just crashes into Barry Barricade. I was like, oh, no, he's absolutely smashed his face. And if you're interested, guess who gets the biggest reaction out of all of these guys? That's right. It's Dean Ambrose. I wonder why he got fed up. You also get a tease to the future as well because Orton hits a wonderful RKO after Seth Rollins does jump off the top rope. And of course, this ends when Roman Reigns starts hitting Spears. Now, it is actually Ambrose that gets the pin, but they want everyone to know and make it very clear that you love Roman Reigns, I love Roman Reigns, everybody will love Roman Reigns, and if you try and break our Roman Reigns experiment, we will be very mad. The best part when we are done is the aftermath, though, because, as always, the big show realizes he's lost. So he turns on his partners. Again. I can't remember specifically, but I bet he became a good guy again on Raw. Then he was a bad guy on SmackDown. By the time we got to the next pay-per-view, he was probably somewhere in between. And look, honestly, this must exist. If somebody can get in touch with me and let me know how many times the big show did turn heel, especially the ones from out of nowhere, I'd appreciate it. But look, yeah, this was fine. I wasn't offended by it. Up. Really though, it suffers from the fact that WrestleMania 29 just wants to look at you and keep screaming Rock vs John Cena, Rock vs John Cena, to the point we get a massive video after this and makes you think, is the Rock vs John Cena going to be the second match? And of course it's not. It's just the fact that literally nothing else matters when it comes to this show. And I looked into it and yes, that's what Metallica was singing about. And sure, we do get away with it to a point. But man, then out comes Ryback and Mark Henry. Any ideas that we did have for Mr. Feed Me More felt done by 2013, although Mark Henry was still pretty good here. And this is actually okay. The problem being when you get to the silly, silly finish. Before you get there, though, once again, the crowd just doesn't care at all. It's like they think they're at their nan's funeral. And probably the reason they don't make any noise is because we just get bear hugs here. You get bear hug after bear hug after bear hug. And I'm sorry, have you ever seen somebody go up to a bear and go, I'm going to strangle the life out of you? Of course not, because the bear would take its claws and it would rip out your guts. And you can go, Simon, that's disgusting, but it's true. By the time we did get to round seven of this, I actually went into the kitchen because I was peckish and fancied a sandwich. And then, yes, we get to the ending. Because Ryback decides, oh, I'm going to give him the shell shock. <laughs> Henry is too big, so Ryback collapses. And after about an hour, Henry goes, oh, wait, I can pin this guy. So he does. So you get a bunch of ENTs running down going, oh, man, we have to help Ryback. We have to help Ryback. But Ryback then gets up. And he hits the shell shock anyway, and then he leaves. I was like, I don't really understand what I've just seen. It's also farcical because if you look into the crowd, some fans aren't even watching. And they go into the merchandise stand. 
Now that actually is quite disrespectful, but as an immature, bald idiot, I was laughing down. You didn't get quite the 180 in terms of what happened the year before and what's going to happen the year after. Because here comes Daniel Bryan. Because we all know what happened at WrestleMania 28 and WrestleMania 30, and we've done retro ups and downs for both of those shows. But in case you aren't aware, at WrestleMania 28, he got beaten in 18 seconds by Sheamus. And then at WrestleMania 30, he became the flubbing WWE champion. Even though he was teaming with Kane to defend his tag team championships and his opponents are Dolph Ziggler versus Big E these days is a very weird combination. Team Hell No definitely helped Brian though, because I'm going to assume that backstage, Vince McMahon was walking on and going, hot damn pal, that guy knows how to do sports entertainment. Because they were doing skits and they were doing comedy, and actually they were a pretty good team. As ever though, because it is a tag team match at WrestleMania, they get no time, and within the first minute, they're already going for near falls. And as somebody who had watched this before, I actually kind of dug it. It just makes you feel alive. I do like the start because Ziggler and AJ Lee share a kiss, which was a wink, wink, nudge, nudge back to WrestleMania 28. And Daniel Bryan attacks him. And a rather large part of me thought, man, that should have been a finish because can you imagine? You also get Kane and Big E going at it. So you get men, big slapping man meat, whatever that phrase is. And honestly, when I see Big E in this serious role, I do not understand that criticism out there on the internet. People go, oh man, Big E needs to be more serious. No, he doesn't. If you compare this Big E to the Big E we have now, I will take 2022 every day. Dolph is also trying to use his money in the bank briefcase as AJ Lee slides it to him, but this is just a ruse. Kane hits a choke slam. Daniel Bryan hits the big headbutt off the top rope to get the win. And I actually scratched my head because I thought, oh yeah, that used to be his finish. I forgot. It does suffer because we are multiple matches in here. And honestly, you could have done this on Raw. But was I entertained? Yep. Oh. And then, well, good grief. For you see, when Chris Jericho decided to return to WWE to do a short run and have a match at WrestleMania, he was told he was going to be working with Ryback. This was our next big thing. And we needed a super duper star to put him over. Jericho thought that sounded pretty good. Yeah, and yet zoom forward to this pay-per-view and Ryback had already had his match. So who had been saved for Chris Jericho? Fandango. Now let us get this right. The whole Fandangoing was an amazing phenomenon. And if WWE had just let it to grow and build organically, who knows where we would have been today? But they didn't do that. They rang up their marketing guy and they said, look, we need to get this everywhere and we need to do it right now. So within around about 48 hours, if you were Fandangoing, it was the opposite of cool, not cool. Instantly, the audience stopped wiggling their hips because they felt like they were being manipulated. Honestly, face palm emoji time the thousand. Good work, WWE. Both he and Jericho get their big entrance too, but it's quite clear that Jericho has been told you need to do everything you can to get this guy over. But that's in complete contrast to the commentators who are going, Fandango, what a joke. What an absolute piece of crap. I bet his parents hate him and he's never going to beat Chris Jericho here. It's never going to happen. It's underlined perfectly with the finish because Jericho whips his ass for 10 minutes and then from nowhere, Fandango hits him as there's take moving all sports entertainment the surprise roll up slash the backwards and that's that and this was meant to get the man over no it didn't you just went oh well chris jericho really screwed that one up i wonder what he's gonna do next there's one of those situations where we're both behind the character but also seem to hate it that's why we gotta give it a down ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Sean Coombs was then out to sing some songs, and I always think this is a little bit risky at WrestleMania because no one's gone there to see a concert. Although the next match was Alberto Del Rio versus Jack Swagger for the World Heavyweight title. It was a bit like Bring Back Shawnee. The massive problem with this, though, is you have two guys that nobody cares about. Because Alberto Del Rio was meant to be a babyface and was doing a terrible job. And obviously at this period, Jack Swagger was doing the whole We The People thing. And that was massively ill-advised. I have a feeling that everybody knew this, too, because the first thing they start doing is brawling on the inside and brawling on the outside and brawling all around the place because they want to get you invested. But if you get to WrestleMania and you don't have that care already, well, maybe something should have changed along the way. Alberto's shoulder also goes into Rita the ring post and then they're trading ankle locks. And by the time Alberto hits a German suplex on Jack Swagger, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's German suplexing him. That's Jack Swagger's move. I'm sorry. Ain't nobody in this house think German suplexes are associated with him. It eventually ends with a Del Rio armbar, but all you need to do is that every single fan in this arena spent the whole time going Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, money in the bank, money in the bank, cash in, cash in. And when it doesn't happen, even though it would happen 24 hours later, everybody boos. So really the problem here is you have two miscast characters and nobody cares. It doesn't feel like a world championship match. And they did put the effort in... I was kind of glad when this was done. How dare I say that about a WrestleMania match? Down. And then CM Punk basically saved the show. I mean, that's way too much, but hyperbole is fun, although there is some truth to it. Because CM Punk genuinely believed he should be in the main event and we should be turned into a triple threat match. So when he didn't get it, he put a chip on his deserving shoulder and thought, all right, if you ain't going to put me there, I'm going to go out there and smash it. And sure, there is an asterisk over this storyline in the sense it tied into the death of Paul Bearer and got really freaky deaky. But if you are just focusing on the in-ring portion, flub me, 
This is great. I mean, it's more attractive than Brad Pitt. And also, don't forget, at WrestleMania 29, the Undertaker streak felt even more important than the world title. When you add all the bells and whistles in, you are in for a right treat. I mean, Punk has living color play his entrance theme live. His gear is all adorned with the old school Undertaker colors. The dead man takes around about 45 years to get to the ring. It's ticking all the boxes. The fans are also just happy to pick a side and scream their name constantly. And this really is an underrated classic when you get into the whole 23 and 2 record. In fact, it reached such heights if CM Punk had won this night and had been the guy to end the Undertaker streak. I would have been fine with it. Punk is also threatening to smash the urn with Paul Bearer's ashes in it on the floor because he's a sociopath. And by the time The Undertaker goes for old school, CM Punk cuts him off and then does one on his own. Oh, I tell you, chef's kid. Paul Heyman is also great at ringside because he's basically mimicking Paul Bearer the entire time. And the only real shame is that for a good three quarters of this thing, nobody, for obvious reasons, actually thinks Punk is going to win. And that's not his fault at all, because a year later, everybody would think the same about Brock Lesnar, and we know how that went. And this was the problem with a streak. After a while, we all sat on our hands, because he's like, well, he's not going to lose, so why don't I just go to the bathroom? Now, it's quite clear that both guys knew this too. So in the build-up to this, CM Punk had gone, look, I don't need to pin him. Maybe I can submit him. Maybe I can get a DQ win. Maybe I can get a count-out victory. So after he has hit the diving elbow off the top to the Undertaker and smashed him through a table, and then he runs back into the squared circle, all of a sudden everyone at MetLife Stadium's like, oh crap, whatever he wins that way, and you hear the noise start to rise. The bump is also horrible too, because the table doesn't break and Punk whacks his leg into it, and I'm pretty sure he was injured afterwards. And when the phenom gets back in there at 9.99999, it's time to go. CM is also allowed to kick out of the tombstone, and while that didn't mean as much as 2013 as it once did, it's yet another amazingly used device, especially because afterwards, he hits the Undertaker in the head with the urn, and once again, people are like, nah, but maybe. So by the end, every Everybody is losing their minds to the point you just want to clap them for a job well done. And it gets even better when CM Punk escapes another tombstone. For then, well, he just does get tombstoned. So quite frankly, this is excellent. And I think it should be in the same WrestleMania conversation as Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Yep, that's right. That's how highly I rate it. And it is getting it up. However, Triple H then pins Brock Lesnar and it's stupid down. This hurts too because I love both Triple H and Brock. But you can just smell the stupidity here. Because Brock Lesnar had dared to leave the WWE in the early 2000s and now come back, everybody had their punishment stick out. I was like, oh, Lesnar, you thought you could be successful elsewhere, which he was. Well, now you are back. We're going to tell you off. I mean, John Cena had wrecked him and now it was the game's turn. And even though we tried to protect Brock with a bunch of stipulation matches, he should have come back into the company and he should have whipped everybody's ass, which is why when we do get to WrestleMania 30 and he beats the streak, I don't think it was the worst decision we could have made. It's also so telegraphed because we're told if Triple H does lose, he's going to retire. And that was never going to happen in 2013. And Shawn Michaels is out here too, just in order to give you as many shenanigans as possible. Thankfully, Brock is just massive during that match. So I basically spent my whole time looking at this. And yes, that's a very weird thing to say. It also suffers once again because the fans do not care. Although you can't blame them because WWE was hitting the John Cena rock thing so hard. I think they all thought, you know what? I'm going to save my energy for that. And you can tell what they're doing here when people get sent into Simba the Steel Stairs. People get sent into Barry Barricade. People go through Alan the Announce Table. It's basically like, hey, we got a bunch of furniture here. 
Why don't we break it? The thing I found most interesting is that at one point Hunter hits Brock with this wry knee and it actually looks to knock Brock Lesnar out a little bit. Now again, I hesitate to say it because this is Brock Lesnar, but go and check it out for yourself. He's all wibbler wobbly and I don't think he was selling. It could also be why he smacks the shit out of Shawn Michaels. Honestly, he hits him so hard, he starts bleeding. Although this gets really good because then the heartbreak kid tries to hit him with a super kick. He grabs him and just F5s him to hell. My word, that looked brutal. This distraction does allow Triple H to hit the worst pedigree you've ever seen in your life, but Brock is able to kick out of that. So, <laughs> do you know what Trips does? He goes and gets his trusty sledgehammer. I couldn't help but laughing because at every WrestleMania match after a while, Triple H's like, well, screw this, I'm going to get it. Why didn't he just come to the ring with this? The ending is exactly what you would expect, though, because Michaels gets back to his feet. He takes out Paul Heyman. This is when Triple H hits Brock in the head with his sledgehammer and gives him a pedigree into Simba the Still Steps just so the commentators can be like, oh, man, Brock had to go through everything. But if you're trying to protect the man... Why don't you just have it win? Now, actually, this isn't as bad as I've made out because all they do is hit each other with weapons. But I just think the booking of the outcome is so silly. This was Brock Lesnar's first WrestleMania back in years, and he lost. And I think you'll understand it more when you see it, although if you do take the context out of it, it is really, really fun. So I'm going to be that guy, but it's my show. I'll do whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to give it an up, and I'm going to give it a down. So, yes, the last five minutes of your life and mine was pointless. We then get our Hall of Fame moment, and this is hilarious because obviously Bruno San Martino is cheered out the place. <laughs> but when Donald Trump is introduced, he's just boo, boo, boo. If only they had known. This then continues as well because it is time for our main event, The Rock versus John Cena. And just to sum it up in one sentence, nobody here likes Big Match John. I do actually think this suffers a little bit though, because do not forget, the year prior The Rock had beaten John Cena, here the great one was the WWE Champion. He obviously was gonna go away to film more movies, whereas John was gonna hang around. So how could the ending have been anything but John Cena winning? The commentary team are also once again all over the place, because they're like, oh, if John Cena doesn't beat The Rock, he's not gonna get into the Hall of Fame. Like that's how you get into the damn thing. And this is structured in two very different parts. The Rock not being injured, and then The Rock being injured. That was a good 15 minutes into the thing, but after a failed rock bottom in the first AA, all of a sudden Dwayne Johnson does start to move poorly, because yeah, he'd ripped his abductor or something off the bone. As already mentioned, this would cost Paramount millions because they had to delay the filming of Hercules. So if you're sat at home going, why doesn't The Rock come back to wrestling more? This is why millions and millions of dollars and probably some Hollywood executives going, listen, Mr. Johnson, you've got to stop doing it. I mean, eventually you've got to pick a side. It really just is though, finish a near fall, finish a near fall, finish a near fall, finish a near fall. And while this clock's in at 24 minutes, The Rock still swears blind that if he hadn't got injured, they were meant to go another 10. In no world should this go 35 minutes. And to be honest with you, it probably should have clocked out at 15 anyway. There is a lot of good work and effort here though, and the sheer noise that greets it makes it a worthy WrestleMania main event, and it does tie into the year before. Casino is able to escape the rock bottom and the people's elbow, which he wasn't able to do at WrestleMania 28. He then hits the AA, he gets the one, two, three. He is your more WWE champion. New WWE champion, I'm losing it. Once again, everybody boos. Fair play to The Rock too, who makes sure he does this the right way as he just praises Cena and he raises Cena's hand and tries to make him an even bigger star. And then we get all the WrestleMania fireworks and the pomp and circumstance. And honestly, given how much effort WWE had put into this, when it was done, I thought to myself, well, actually, that does feel like a moment in time. 
So I'm going to give it it up. Which brings us to your favourite part of the show, because when I miss it, you go crazy, which is the second opinion that comes from Dave Meltzer and his Wrestling Observer ratings. He gave the IC Championship match 1.25 stars. The opening six-man got 2.5 stars. Mark Henry versus Ryback got 0.5 stars. The tag team title match got 2.25 stars. Fandango versus Chris Jericho got 3 stars. Del Rio versus Jack Swagger, 2.75 stars. The best match on the show, Undertaker CM Punk got 4.5 stars. I would have given it 5. Probably should have given it a golden up, but I didn't. Brock versus Rock, no, Brock versus Triple H got 2.5 stars. And The Rock versus John Cena got the always reliable 3.5 stars. And overall, I am going to give the show an up, but I tell you, when you watch WrestleMania 29 now, it is not as good as you remember at all, because once again, it was all about the main event. Good WrestleMania should be packed from start to finish, but up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.